Welcome to the T-Hud Podcast. I'm Moby. I'm Marty. And I'm Leland. Guys, episode 20. By my count, we have wasted almost two complete days or like 48 hours of work on this in the past, I don't know, eight or nine months. Uh, not including prep. Including prep, we're at maybe like <laughs> three months. Well, except for Leland, who's still at like... 48 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so, we know he does no prep whatsoever. I'd say he's going by the seat of his pants, but he doesn't wear pants. <laughs> no, he doesn't. It makes the uh, it makes the podcast kind of awkward, and that's why we have these nice boxes set up now, so we don't need to... That's what they're for? We don't need to see full Leland, yeah. Oh, yeah. you never want to see full You never want to go full Leland. Well, with you guys in the room, I'm usually sporting about half-mast, but uh, when you're gone is when... The party really starts. <laughs> I thought that's when you put Animaniacs on, but... Uh, don't you party with Animaniacs? <laughs> I prefer Bucky O'Hare, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's just me. So before we go to the Marty monologue, uh, Leland, do you have anything for the banter section that's going to take under two hours to discuss? Uh, well, I think before we get to the banter, maybe we talk about our new formatting here. Jumping the gun there, yeah. my friend. I could uh, take over that aspect since I am content director <laughs> slash king of the universe. All right. Uh, before I dive into the deep Marty monologue segment, including a new sub-segment that I'm excited to uh, reveal to listener. So we changed the layout of the episode a little bit. Um, this episode now has two segments um, instead of the usual three. We're not always going to be covering crazy about cardboard movie musings and video game variety show in every episode. Some episodes might only have two moving forward. Um, one reason, because we tend to take a long time talking in every segment, and it was going a bit long, and it's a bit hard to always have a great topic. And it felt like we were always having one topic that was maybe a little weak or we weren't as excited about, and we want to give listener the most exciting episode possible. So moving forward, Probably two segments per episode, unless we have three shorter ones. And we'll try it out, at least, and see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, that really comes down to the fact that we have no self-control. We try to control our episodes, but we can't. I mean, one moment we're talking about, you know, the Far Cry series, and the next moment, you know, we're off on a tangent about bubblegum flavoring. And we just cannot hold that back. And we always get back to Jumanji, no matter what. Alright. I think that's a good idea. I mean, like, right in our very first ever episode, episode zero, which no one has listened to, we stated that that was, like, what we were going to do, right? Yeah, and then somehow we forgot about it. Yeah, we totally, right out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think... Even though in the episodes it seems sometimes like we're trying to slit each other's throats, uh, the reality is is that we were sensitive to each person having their own segment. And when we actually talked about it, we're like, yeah, none of us actually care if we have our segment cut out. No, we all jump in and everything. No, I, I'm I'm pretty pissed that there's no Crazy Book Cardboard. For the first segment. one? Yeah. Well, fuck you guys. There may be no movie musings for the next six months for all I know. Fingers crossed. Marty is like the unrelenting god of content now there so. may be no moby for the next six months what oh <laughs> bye listener double fingers thanks listener all right well banter boom banter okay i i mean i don't have much i mean uh i recently watched season two of jessica jones mm, and um it was okay it's definitely not as strong as the first i think is it because there's no Kilgrave? Yes. So that so 
uh, minor spoilers. Um, Hold on, I'll plug my ear holes. Yeah, plug your ear holes. So, I will just say that Kilgrave's absence definitely impacts the series. But in the last couple episodes, you get a little little nods to it, and you're like, okay, this is almost good enough to have redeemed his like him not being there. Right. Yeah. So uh, I, without spoilers, I don't want to say anything. But yeah, uh, I've read a few things, and they all seem to kind of lead back towards the the show starts out a bit slow, and then by the end of it, it kind of comes together in the second season. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. I, I I definitely agree with that. Do you also think it suffers from the Marvel Netflix issue where Too long. 13 episodes is not necessarily necessary or 56 minute episodes? You know, I'm going to say no in this case. Like, I didn't feel like some ep- there could just not have been some episodes. As far as uh, story arc and keeping you engaged, I think every episode has some merit and portrayed something that needed to be there. You know, and of course, that's just thinking offhand. I would just say that it just, I don't know, it's, yeah, okay, maybe it went on an episode too long. Maybe. But the problem with that is every single, okay, nobody picks up their fucking cell phones in that goddamn series. <laughs> like, seriously, there's like vital information that uh, Jessica and Trish should be really sharing with each other. And neither of them, oh, goes to voicemail. And then they don't check their messages for 26 hours? What the fuck? So that's a stupid you know, know, basically a plot device. I only do that when I screen out telemarketers and my grandma. I know, right? Like, but but your grandma's not going to be calling you to tell you, hey, there's a there's a crazy super powered killer that's uh, probably out. You to don't get know you. my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> She's pretty senile these days. Sorry. I don't know. Sorry, it, Grammy. If if you like season one, then obviously you're going to watch it anyways. But if you weren't into season one, then you probably will have the same feelings about season two. Is she still a shithead in this season? Yes, that's the thing. Like, that's another thing. Like, she's not growing as a character. And I, I mean, I realize like her being a shithead was a lot of what made season one, you know, charming and what a lot of people liked about her character. And that you see glimpses of the redeemability. You know, when it when it, when the chips are down, she she is you know the hero that she can be. And, you know, that she's often forced to be against, you know, against her will, really. I don't know, man. She's just, if there's, if season three continues down her, her, her just not being irredeemable, I don't know what they would do with season three to, really, like to keep me engaged. Smallville where it was like no flights or tights, but in this show, it's like no uh, her heroism and no happiness. <laughs> yeah, I guess. The really cool thing, though, was about, um, like, just, like, more super-powered people in this one. Okay. Which was cool. Yeah. I'll have to ask you off the air. I have a question that's a mild sport. Well, I'll ask you now. And okay. And you can maybe just give me a nod or a shake. Uh, there's a guy in season one who uh, it has, like, superpowers, and he's, like, dating the blonde. And he's like, yeah. oh, does he make an appearance again? Uh, Yeah. The guy was the pop in the pills. Yeah. Yes, he okay. does come back. Cool. I will say though, they did not do his character service. <laughs> like, okay, so in season one, I really liked his character at the beginning, okay, cool. and then what he turned into was just like it, it was it was dumb, like the, a misuse of this character, yeah. in my opinion. In season one, yeah, Are you, would you agree with that? By the end, he was just this, you know, this this 
this force that could not be reasoned with. He lost all of the character that made yeah, thought, him who he they was. Made him too mindless. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so I thought, oh great, he's back. Maybe he'll get some redemption, you know. And no, it's just yeah, we can understand his logic and reasoning, maybe. Yeah, his character was just very, very quickly dealt with. You know, the repercussions of season one, and then yeah, I don't know. It just oh. I was really disappointed in that. Yeah, I was super disappointed with what they did with his character, but. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was mediocre. It was mediocre, honestly. Okay. Definitely not as bad as Iron Fist or the Defenders. So certainly not bottom of the barrel, but middle of the pack. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the problem with Marvel is they get some pretty high points sometimes, and the middle of the pack could be really good, but just compared to everything else, you're like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll probably watch it. Yeah, I just I don't I don't get the direction that they're trying to go with with the series. I don't I don't get what I don't know what they're gonna do. I see I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do in season three. I don't really know where they're going with any of the series long term now. That's like, true. Doesn't seem like there's a big plan. No, and there's absolutely no connection to the movies really, other than the vague references at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and they've even said like, "There's no way we're ever going to connect the two worlds." Like, right, it's too hard. I mean, and that's another thing too, right? Like, within the timeline of the Netflix series, it's not been very long. Like, it hasn't been. I don't even know how long it's been. How long after Avengers was like Daredevil set? Maybe six months a year. I see. I recall it being that quick too. Yeah, but now maybe, maybe a year and a half in the entirety has passed then. Yeah. Right? Like like cuz Jessica season 2 takes place like right after season 1. And Jessica Jones season 1 came out in like 2015. Yeah, but then like Luke Cage was like before that chronologically. Right. Right? So like some of the shows were just like prequels, I guess. Yeah. Right, I know, but what I'm saying is Therefore, even in even in relations to the movies? Yeah. Like I mean, for, look at Spider-Man. Spider-Man Homecoming was 8 years after yeah. It's like, true. what? What's going on? Yeah. So, yes, yeah. they have nothing. They're completely separate. They may as well be. They may as well be. Yeah, I think so. And then you have, like, their uh, other TV shows that are separate as well at this point. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't like it. It's all stupidly disjointed. It drives me crazy. Have but... you heard that uh, Agent Coulson's going to be back in a um, Captain Marvel? I did hear that. Yes, Interesting. I did. Yeah, since the prequel. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of a cool little nod. Well, I mean, to the they brought Coulson back to life in season one of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, and they never told the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So Coulson, he, goes, he probably is going to I don't know. I don't know if he's still alive in the show. I mean, I'm assuming he is. He's like a fan favorite character. Yeah. Like, yeah. They brought him back with like alien goo or blood yeah. or something like that. I I hope, I've never uh, watched I hope Shield, he just so. pops up in uh, the new Avengers and Thanos just crushes him. <laughs> yeah, that'd be <laughs> sick. Like bro, bro, Thor's like, dude, you're you're bad. Oh no, <laughs> you're squished. Yeah, we're gonna have to definitely do a bonus uh, for Avengers. Oh, hundred, hundred percent. I've already got opening night tickets. Just FYI. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna go see it right away. VIP. Sick. When does it come out? We should go too. Uh, April twenty seventh. Yeah, you guess. You better see Black Panther. Yeah, yeah we that's do. Good. We need to we need to have these mandates, Leland, to get this done. Yeah, because um, apparently Marty just goes out by himself. 
Well, I have a special person in my life, myself. <laughs> you take, Which, yeah. I was going to say, you, t- you take Mindy, your dog? <laughs> yeah, it's really awkward for everyone else. Oh, uh, the VIP really is VIP. <laughs> She's my seeing eye dog. <laughs> <laughs> but you can take the sunglasses off in the theater, you know that. Oh. You, they, you don't have to wear them. I know it's dark. Well, so. I'm in character as soon as I leave the house. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, it's for the podcast. Yeah, Everything's for the podcast. <laughs> I'm going uh, broke for the podcast. I'll jump in here. Um, I want to bring up the uh, Netflix series Love. I know we've all finished it. Uh, just wondering what you guys thought now that it's all wrapped up. Yes, uh, I have some thoughts. I like how the series ended. I like that it was ended after three seasons. Yeah. Whether or not that was deliberate, I think they canceled it, sort of. But yeah. Uh, at the same time, I don't see those characters have being able to have gone another season of character development. The show was kind of strange in that it only took place over like a six month period. Yeah. But it felt like a lot longer. Yeah, it totally did. Yeah. Um, I really like the uh, kind of the role reversal of uh, Gus and Mickey this season where Gus is slowly becoming more of a fucking asshole and you start revealing, seeing all the cracks in what makes him tick and why he's yeah. so screwed up. Uh, I like the ending. I really thought it was a kind of a bold choice how Mickey never told him that she cheated and he never found out. Yeah. Yeah. And the, there was a bunch of opportunities in the last couple episodes and it, oh yeah, full spoilers by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, in the last couple episodes and it just never happened. Like Gus was like, we could get through anything and Mickey's like, yep. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because Mickey, you know, she gets mad at Gus for withholding information from her and then she, and they almost break up over it and then she does the exact same thing to him. You know, he's just none the wiser. So it shows how they're they're both messed up. I felt they left a lot of open threads for potential spinoff series. Uh, Birdie and Chris just getting together at the very end. <laughs> it was so funny and awkward having Randy, like, at the wedding at the end. I love some of those scenes. Randy is, like, such a standout. He really um, is. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. favorite scene, I think, in that whole season, like, probably the part where I laughed the hardest was... He gets up in the morning with them. They have breakfast. They all leave for work. And Randy's like, bye. And then as soon as they leave, he just throws himself on the couch as if he's like a big depressed bear. And then cuddles back up on the couch and pulls over himself like the most impossibly small blanket. (laughs) It looks like a tablecloth. I was killing myself. Yeah, that was good. Um, I just feel like like even with uh, Arya, she didn't go anywhere. And I know she's a supporting character, but... She's another loose thread that I really feel they wanted to leave themselves open for a spinoff. I think Gus and Mickey's story's done. I don't think we'll see them again. But, you know, it's interesting because I've always felt the show was was pleasantly benign. It was a good way of burning through a couple hours on a weeknight without feeling bad. And I feel like it ended the same way. It was pleasant with them eloping. I guess it's cute, but... Now that the show's done, I'm like, whatever, back to Spartacus. So, yeah, so, I mean, I enjoy it. Um, but yeah, yeah, pleasantly benign is a nice description. I just like their dynamic between uh, Mickey and Gus, where even at their best, when they're all lovey dovey, they're like, it's too much, right? And they're just are both like so supportive of each other's flaws like i mean even look at gus's ambition to start his own movie that was a total bomb right like that was you know he was like pretty directly pushed into it because of mickey right her being supportive and 
and and I I never really knew if she truly believed he could do it or if she felt like she yes this is how I should be supporting him because we are in this relationship and this is what a good relationship looks like mm-hmm. like that's kind of what I got so I, I yeah I like I I really like that like they're both so really they're both so fucked up yeah and yes the dynamic shift is cool where now Mickey's finally getting her shit back on track and Gus is now the one falling apart. Because of the shaky foundation Gus has built himself upon. Whereas Mickey never was the one to put on the front. You know, like like Gus is so superficial. He's so oh, superficial. Yeah, totally. yeah. yeah, he has like layers and layers protecting himself yeah. from the outside yeah. world. Yeah, and he's so, he's so small inside. Like, yeah. Right? And if he didn't have those layers, he'd be wearing that on his sleeve. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I thought it's uh it's certainly not a show for everybody. And I think it certainly falls into our uh topic for the movie musing segment, like easily. Yeah. Right? Like which of course we'll get to, listener. Just hold on. Yeah. Yeah, just hold your freaking horses yeah, there. Fuck. Calm down. <laughs> we still have uh, Marty monologue to get through. You know, I really I really like how that show has a pretty realistic, like, vision of relationships, like, and different ones. And they're a little bit, you know, obviously, like, expanded upon, a little bit exaggerated. But sure, um, some of them, like, I can see a lot of people that I've known in real life. And I'm like, man, these people are way too clingy. And like, or like, it seems like that, right? You, what you see, you're like, oh, like, this relationship this is really weird. But like, there's a lot of different weird in that show. Yeah. And there's a lot of different fucked up. And like, their relationship, just in general, just it seeing like Mickey's transformation from season one to three, where in season one, when she sees Gus's band playing and she's so bored and so like, just, I don't want to be here. I hate this. And her friend, like his friends are scared of her. And then by the end of season three, when he has his concert and she's his biggest fan yeah, and he stands up for her, like it was just some, like something that wouldn't have happened in season one. And like seeing the evolution of their relationship, and not just their characters, because although their characters changed to an extent, it was more like their, their relationship changed quite a bit. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. I, I thought it was really well done. Obviously, yeah, it, it's it's a very, uh, like, subdued show. There's not much to it. You know, it's pretty much in a bottleneck. Nothing really happens all that much. Yeah. No. I mean, when something does happen, it's really big. Like, when Gus gets caught masturbating, it's, like, the funniest thing ever. Because <laughs> nothing happens, right? Yeah. <laughs> That was a, that was a fantastic <laughs> scene. I was laughing so. Hard. <laughs> yeah, they picked the ber- perfect porn too. Like it was, it was foreign, right? It was like, it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going over the Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, yeah. Just whoever thought of that's genius. <laughs> My phone's on maximum. Why can't I hear it? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's cool. I think I I'd, I'd certainly recommend checking it out. Yeah, I think if you like the first couple episodes, you probably like the rest of the series. Yeah. Yeah, there's never really a point where, like, the show doesn't dip. No. Like, there's no peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. It's really kind of baseline for the whole. It picks throughout. up a bit at the end of season three again. Like, yeah. I think just because it starts speeding towards the finish. But and well, speed it, speeding is exactly. I was going to say, it certainly doesn't feel like they rushed it out because knowing it was going to be their last. No, season. No, not at all. Honestly, by by the last episode, I'm like, oh, this is the last episode. Oh shit, it's over. Yeah. I was like, oh, it, that's that's all I get to see of their story now. 
I like uh, I like how it's the like the typical wedding episode to like finish it off, but like it isn't the typical wedding right. episode. So yeah. that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's very Mickey and Gus, right? Yeah. I like how the one guy thinks it's a joke too the whole time. Yeah. It was kind of cool. Also, like at the end, you just get to see the entire ensemble cast, right? Yeah. Like, it's an entire ensemble. That's a that's redundant, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. Well, you get to see the whole, all the peripheral characters, right? Everybody, every, you know. You get to see all them people. All them peoples. Yeah. All them peeps get together, yeah. Except Arya, I guess. Arya's not there. No. And a few random. Sure. But, like, you know, all the people who live in the same apartment complex. Yeah. The people who've been in and out. That was cool. I like A couple groups of friends that didn't normally mingle. Right. Totally. And then, and it doesn't really, like, you see them mingling as as anyone would at a wedding with people they don't know, too, right? Yeah, like, totally. yeah, it's... Some people are, like, okay and they're comfortable and some people are so awkward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, who's this Randy guy? Why is he <laughs> yeah. saying the speech right now? <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. Oh, Randy. Fucking Randy. Um, sub note, I think Birdie looked really good this season. Oh, Ooh, yeah. She looked damn good yeah, in season she three. she very attractive. Man, I, I love her. I love her since season one. Yeah. Fucking fat Randy. I know. God. And that's kind of a realistic thing in some relationships, too, is why is a girl like that, like, you know, she does break up with Randy, but it's hard for her. She's pretty bound with him, even though she really disrespects him. It's not a physical reason either, no, really. No. It's just like, I want you to, like, take initiative and do something. And, and yeah. yet she can't just let him go. And it's clear to the watcher that he's not going to change. No. No. You no. know, there's no, like... It's not like he has an arc where he's trying. Yeah, you know, totally, does. totally. And you know, I like that. Well, okay, sorry. Before I go on with my thought, but his arc, like any effort he puts into it, is a Randy effort, and you know, it's few, it's half ass, it's yes. quarter ass at best, right? Like he's puts, he's just a fucking big idiot yeah, who totally can't is. do anything. He's just useless. He's a useless. He's a loser. Waste of like three hundred pounds. He is a space, true right? loser. And then, but it's cool how you get, like, even uh, Birdie's arc is, I'd say she goes through more changes than, or, I mean, nearly as much change as both Gus and Mickey do. I mean, like, look at her. She's so unhappy that she, and and she's so, I guess she's timid, too. She can't take action on getting rid of Randy. And is pushed to the point where where she cheats on him. Like, you know, something that's pretty terrible. And at that point, she's, like, already over the edge. Then Only then can she be, like, all right, this is this is it. Like, you got to go. Yeah. It was almost like she had to, like, right. she was, force herself to do that. Totally. Like, yeah. Totally. I see that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's a good show. It's it's a uh, – I think it's an intelligent show. It is. I – when I finished it, I was left thinking for a couple of days because I enjoyed it. And, like, yeah, you know, it, it's one – I definitely like it. I think I'll rewatch it down the road. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I like it that much. Yeah. yeah. Give it uh, nine Apatows out of ten. <laughs> I uh, I guess I'll give it eight. Uh, no, nah, I'll give it seven. Yeah, you guys suck. Yeah, I give it seven Wichita counties out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Wichita. Sorry, I give it nine thrown laptops out of ten. Uh, nice, nice. <laughs> All right, the Marty monologue. All right, buckle in, listener. Uh, you know what? I will say, fuck Moby, because oh. last episode, I did not monologue. It was barely a monologue. And not last episode. Listener, you can ago. judge. 
yeah, what? No, it was the last episode. Oh, no, it was two episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, anyways, because of... Episode 18. Yeah, episode 18. Because Marty of, Monologue. Because of Moby, now we have the Marty Monologue segment. And this time oh, we have fuck. the Marty Monologue It's segment. a goddamn good thing we cut out a third segment. Yeah, that's why. This is the third segment. This is what happened. <laughs> Son was, of a this bitch. This is a sub-segment called Marty's Preview, Pre-Review, Review segment. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag that. <laughs> this is where I've played something and I'm not quite ready to review it. And I'm a little past previewing it because I've already played it. So it's the Pre-Review, Review, Preview segment. Uh, I, this time it's about this war of mine. Yeah, but we're going to do an actual review on that. You can't do the pre-review, review, preview. That's the whole point is the pre-review. Yeah, but then we're just going to be reiterating what you're saying right now. Nothing's well, going to change. No, with the pre-review, review, review segment, I just give a few bullet points of how I felt about this game and a few rough kind of feelings. Just let him do it. He prepared. Well, save the notes for them when we actually do the episode. The actual review. Can I have ten words? Just, you can just, have just a give them some initial feelings. This war of mine was very interesting. I will play some more. There. <laughs> and cool. That's 11. <laughs> Good. I think. <laughs> I think it was 12, but you're okay. It's like a title. You don't you don't count like the of and the and, right? Yeah. Yeah. You only count the words you capitalize. You're seriously just going to not let me do this. Well, I'm just I'm just why do you like what I mean I understand yeah it's very recent in your mind but like we are eventually going we've all played it we can all chip in right now we yeah. may as well review it right now oh I see okay. like you know what I'm yeah, saying like you're, you're you're waiting to do the full review well yeah I mean I can give my two cents too but yeah well I, because I, I plan on playing it some more before we do okay the yeah I, I do need right? to play it some more too okay because I beat it but like there's so many different scenarios that I'm like I want to play a different scenario yeah that's people. true okay all right all right Okay, cool. Please proceed. Thank you. I will now use my next 11. Minutes. I will refrain from saying anything about it then and save my thoughts. Oh, okay. Good. Good I mean, list, listener only comes to hear Leland Steele anyways. Does he? <laughs> does, does, does she? Do they? Do they? They. Yes. Do? They, they is the correct pronoun. <laughs> well, God damn it. Get it over with then. <laughs> Taking my time. Uh, just a quick note. Uh, it took me about 12 hours to rip through it. Um, That's was fast. Yeah, not too bad. Wow. Um, I did cheat. You tore into it. <laughs> oh, you cheated? Yep. Um, you can restart right before you die, so your day restarts. You, like you, right. just, you just quit and then go back in. I had to do it because the combat is really fucked up and not very good at all. Yeah, no, it's uh, um, weird. It's clunky. Yeah, it's clunky, and I felt like I was dying inappropriately. Um, I, a couple of quick things. I really like the... Uh, just the, the dynamic between the people in the house, how if one person's killing people, like, they're all getting, like, devastated by, like, the fact that there's murder going on and um, that people can get depression to the point where they just stop moving. I had a guy yeah. just stop moving and he was starving to death. And the only reason he eventually was able to get his ass off the ground was I gave a bandage to, like, some poor children. And then he would, then he had like a note saying, Oh, I'm glad we gave bandages to the children. And he went from broken back to depressed. So I could like haul his ass back up to the fridge. <laughs> and he had to eat like three meals to get back to normal. It was pretty fucking hilarious. Took him, took him like 10 minutes to get up there too. He was like crawling. Yeah. Um, I like that. Uh, I'd like the, uh, the fact that it's all randomized. Um, different places come at different times. Like winter can happen at a different time. You know, oh, the game okay. can end at, doesn't always end at the same date. Yeah, it's just when the war ends, it's randomized. Okay. Uh, I think mine went for like 60 days. Something Whoa. Like that. Yeah. Um, I had to kill a lot of innocent people to survive. Um, 
kind of proud of that, but whatever. <laughs> um, the, the worst was when uh, that, the reason that guy was broken was because we I went to a house and I was stealing. And uh, there was like this old couple and their son who's protecting them. And he's in the I was in the bathroom stealing with him, and I could hear them talking. And they're like, "Oh, I need some cough medicine." And they were coming up to the bathroom, and uh, the old lady's like, "It's drafty. I'll close the window." So they both came upstairs. She's trying to close a window. He comes in the bathroom. I had to execute him. Um, you couldn't have just ram. No, because his son was downstairs with a shotgun, or assault rifle, and a bulletproof vest. Whoa! So Holy I, fuck. I knifed him and then finished him, and then the wife was still playing with the window. So I had to get by her; she wouldn't move. And then at one point, she was also like, "I need to use the bathroom." So shit, I'm gonna have <laughs> to do this. So I killed her too, and then I feel I realized like the son shouldn't have to outlive like without, <laughs> without his parents. That's just logical. That's like, rational. And also, I wanted his bulletproof vest, so I also killed him. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you're two bodies in. I mean, what's a third, right? Yeah, <laughs> but then when my guy came back, he just sat down and just stopped moving. So, <laughs> and oh, he was done. Yeah. yeah. You took the wrong dude out, I guess. Yeah, I didn't realize till later that he was pretty sensitive to that. Right, um, totally right. And that that's a, was like one of the first impressions that I got playing. Like, I didn't like that. I'm like, literally, if you don't do this, you fucking idiot will starve. Be, quit being a bitch. Buck up. You're doing you. This is survival. I kind of liked it because like some characters were different. Some didn't care. Right. Exactly. So now I realize, oh, you know what? I am I am thinking and playing every character as if it was me. Right. Yeah. So that which is not what you're doing. You're controlling a group of characters. Totally. And you need to need to take care of each of their psyches as as well as their physical needs, which yeah. is cool. Which they all I, have different like vices too and stuff so like right. you have coffee yeah. or cigarettes like it yeah helps yeah that was cool and there's also like other scenarios with new characters now i can try so i'll probably replay it down the road oh, it cool. was cool because i actually forgot about it and moby had bought it for us uh, a while back and mm-hmm. then i forgot i didn't have gog on my computer or gog or whatever else yeah. Yeah. it is and i downloaded it the little like installer and i was looking through the archives and i realized oh i own this so i uh Installed it and ripped through it in about a week and a half. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward. We should we should definitely do a full review on it. Yeah, um, I'll replay another uh, thing on it and I'll have some more thoughts. But I just wanted to throw a few out there. All right, is that short enough for you, Moby? No, but <laughs> it, it's a start. You're welcome. It's a start. So, any more banter? We ready to jump into this thing? I think I'm good. All right. Well, oh, it's it's mine. I get to keep talking. Yes, you do. Cool. <laughs> Finally. Uh, guess who planned that out? Mm-hmm. Definitely not me. <laughs> uh, well, it's time for Video Game Variety Show. Um, this episode is named Stardew Cocaine. Not Stardew Valley, but Stardew Cocaine, because that is what the game should be called. It is addictive like cocaine. Did you get that? Yes. I, I wrote <laughs> I wrote the title for the segment, so yes. yes. Um you know what? Honestly, uh, I could I can pick it up and play it and leave it whenever I want. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You fucking kidding? Me? I can stop playing anytime I want. Yeah, I, you sure you can? I got it under control. <laughs> You're playing it right now. <laughs> I'm functioning. We're not even recording. You're playing the game. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't played this in two years, but well, actually that's not true. I bought it for the Switch, and I thought I'd get back into it, but restarting was a lot of work, and then I got a PC, and then I. Yeah, I'm broke now, so and no time. So um, I picked it back up on Steam, bumped open the old uh, save file, took a look, 
I forgot I had put 70 freaking hours into this game. Wow. Like. Yeah, I, I had about 45 when I booted back up. That's a lot. It's a lot of fucking hours. And I think I've lost about 10 hours from all the times my laptop Oh, I remember that, yeah. Because, like, my battery was really bad. It would just die randomly, so I'd lose a day here and there. Um, I think I'm on, like, second year in fall. So, like, when I... I How have you played 70 hours, and I'm in the same place as you at 45? I don't know. Is this your guys' first game? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm way ahead of you on hours, and we'll get there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? When I fired it back up, I didn't know what the hell was going on, but within about an hour and a couple of days, I was back into it. I could keep playing it now. It's yeah. A, it's a fun game. Same, same. I just, uh, I remember though when we were all playing at around the same time, right? And I was the last adopter. And I got to the point where I was like, okay, I think I've had enough because it just got like there was just too much shit to do. And okay, my main problem with this game, my big negative is that to do anything in it you need an faq right you have to look up everything otherwise Uh, what what time of season do you get the fish where can you get the fish like you know that kind of shit do you not how do you discover that in game to get full completion to find like you'd have to it's either like luck of the draw or um and sometimes people tell you some stuff though like i've had people be like you know you, you kind of figure it out a little bit, but you're yeah. right because like those uh like the community things you have to fill in. Yeah, some of them like I did this morning. I was looking at it like I'm like how do I get a rabbit's foot? I figure it has to do with like a rabbit, but it doesn't. Um, or it does. I think you need like a rabbit in your like hutch. You can get a rabbit's foot. Um, yeah, but that is, like that's weird. Why would your rabbit give you a foot? Like right, yeah, because you're not killing your animals in that game. No. Yeah, I just that's like my biggest thing, and and like and. I am a I'm a completionist. I want to do all this shit, but but no, I I can't do it because it's too much fucking time. Like the game is too, the scope is too big. Okay, it, it beca- you know what I thought about it is the reason it's so addictive is it starts out very small, like you're very limited in what you can do, like and accomplish in a day. Yeah, and then as the day goes on, and your tools improve, and it's, they're not so draining on you. There is a lot going on, and it was overwhelming to fire my game back up and see I had. Sap farm, a sap farm here. Yeah, like ninety billion freaking crops over here. Yeah, but they they were set up to be mostly pre watered with sprinklers and right. stuff, yeah, so yeah. it wasn't too bad. But yeah, you're right. At the beginning, it's like you could spend the first eight hours of the day and all of your energy watering your crops, trying to make money. Yeah. And then you, even just harvesting all of like I got jam coming out the ass. I have <laughs> so much blue. But I think have you seen I a doctor about that. I recall. <laughs> I rec- it's really great on rye toast. I recall. In previous game that I guess that was like my main money maker was just making this jam. I had like two hundred blueberries <laughs> just slotting into these jam barrel things yeah. and just like every day click 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 new blueberry new blue like that doing that with with milk and cheese and uh, wine and beer like yes that would take half of your day just to go around collecting the shit and reloading it. Yeah, I think where I was, what I was doing was I had like wine barrels going and they take like seven days. So you get like really profitable stuff, but you don't have to do it every day. So yeah, like. Um, yeah, well, I think I got that stuff too, but like some of the stuff really profitable. So, okay. Because I, I, think I we, see what you're saying. I think we put the cart a little bit in front of the horse here. I kind of just want to quickly jump in with what Stardew Valley actually is. In oh, case the listener doesn't know, because we kind of just started jumping into things. 
That's a good uh, Stardew Valley good is a very, very popular indie game. It is a farming simulation. It was made by a guy whose name I believe is Eric Barone. And he made it all himself. He self-taught himself to do pixel art, to do digital music, to do literally everything. Nobody else had any part in the design or programming or creation of the game besides Eric. He worked uh, 12-hour days, seven days a week, or so he says, for four and a half years. Somehow maintained a girlfriend through that time. He did nothing else except work a part-time job. And it was an obsession. And he was originally a fan of Harvest Moon, which is the definitive, if not the only farming simulation game until like some of the recent ones like Farm Simulator came out for PC, stuff like that. And he had felt as I did. I am a long term Harvest Moon fan. And the first games for the Super Nintendo. That explains a lot, by the way. Yes. (laughs) I. I, Really? Okay. No, I don't know. Um, anyways, I agree with Eric with what he said, which is that after the GameCube game, A Wonderful Life, which I liked and I played the hell out of, he said the series kind of lost its step. It it went really away from farming and you didn't really need to farm to progress. You were just having doing like stupid social missions with the townspeople. Huh. And that's kind of not that gave away that sense of progression that the early games had. So he basically tried to create the perfect Harvest Moon, and in my mind, he did. Now, why I think the game is so addictive kind of alludes to what Marty was saying. It starts small. You're given a farm. The farm is completely clogged up with, like, rocks and lumber and weeds, and you have almost no money. You get just a little bit to start, and you really have to kind of set your own goals. Now, Leland was saying, well, you know, it's a bad thing. You kind of need a fact to, to do anything in that game. I, my experience with it is that I found out most things completely naturally. Bullshit. No, I 100%. Bullshit. No, I did. Bullshit. How can, I'm telling you that's the truth. Bullshit that to complete that community center and all those lists for some of those special items, you did not go and look up how to get them. I did not. Bullshit. I did not. So then how many, how many total hours have you put into this? Well over a hundred. Oh, Easy. Probably closer to two. My first game was uh, like 150 hours. There you go. Then my point still stands. You can't do anything in that game without an FAQ and not pour in literally hundreds of hours into it. Well, I agree with you on the time, but I don't agree with you on the FAQ, and here's why. No, 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 no. You are missing my point. How can you put in... How can you say that... This is not a negative for this game. For you to be able to do everything and experience everything in this game, okay. hundreds of hours, or look up some type of guide as a shortcut. How is that not a negative? Because most gamers will not put hundreds of hours into this. Okay, but I had most of that. To experience con- I had everything. most of that content beaten by like 60. Here's why. Bullshit. I, I'm trying to explain Bullshit. to you how I did it. Bull fucking shit. That's, you are so no, full of no, fucking no, shit no, I can no, smell lying. it from here. You're lying. You're, like li- you're wrong. This equation how? is time plus minus. You're, you're telling me that I'm full of shit and that I'm lying before I even explain to you how I could do it. Will you at least give me the chance to explain to you how I did it? Why would I sit here and listen to some fabrication from you and waste my time? I'll tell you exactly how I did it. Okay. I, the first thing you can build yeah. are chests where you can store things. Right. I stored 
every fucking item I got the first time I got it. Okay. I pulled a smallmouth bass out, out of the river. I put it in a chest. I pulled my first rock. I put it in a chest. My first dandelion. I put it in a chest. Why? Because there's the job posting on the board. And I found that day one where people were asking for you, you know, get me this fish and I'll give you 500 bucks. Well, when I was first playing the game, that was really important. That was a lot of money to me at that time. So I made a decision to save everything the first time I got it. And then when I found the community center, I could rock it because I already had like 200 items stored up. So yeah, just slot them right in. These fish already had them. So I naturally collected everything from day one of that game, and that made all that stuff easy. And that's how I was able to get it done. I didn't need to wait to the next season to get the right fish or crops. So you just saved everything. I saved okay. everything the first time I okay, got it. Okay, that's clearly a good strategy. But I, I didn't know any better. It was it wasn't no, but, but you know but you understand what I'm saying. That not everyone's gonna do that. Of course. And if that is the only route to be able to you know, efficiently accomplish the task without literally playing an entire game year and and before you miss those opportunities, like I, I that's agree insane. with you. That's in, that is a negative. I agree with you in very broad theory terms, but because my personal experience was this, I can't think of it any other way. It's very difficult for me to think of it any way. Because okay. I just naturally, I guess, did the right thing right off the bat to succeed in I the game. Guess. Well, the game begs to be played over several seasons because by the time sure. you get the yeah, second that's season, that's you're true. so prepared. You're like, "Fuck, spring is coming." I am because spring is so good, and like the fall, you know, like the fall, the the second fall, you should have so much money. Oh and yeah, so many crops you can. If, if you've missed anything, you could have a gold every. You could have gold everything at that point. Yeah, right? your soil should be great. Right, right. right. So you, you're going into it really well prepared and financially prepared because in the first couple seasons, you're not financially prepared no. for shit. No. And if you strategize like over winter to, you know, do, you know, go through all the caves and stuff and do that kind of stuff when you sh- aren't growing crops, like you can really get prepared for that last uh, season. I think by the end of season two, you can have pretty much everything. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. So then, then maybe my actual problem with it is then the game itself lies to you when it says that here's the world, right? Now go and figure out everything that you can physically do right now and do it to get yourself to the point where you have more options of what you can physically do. But then immediately there's a path that the game prefers you to take to be the most efficient, whereas I just kind of like to go in there and dig around, right? You know what I'm saying? Like the game then by year two, it's like the game is taking away options from me but it looks like it's giving me more. How do you figure it's, what is it taking away? So I, I mean like like you say, okay, yeah, if you want to prioritize and rip through the caves, it's best to do it in winter. But what if I randomly get the urge in spring, summer, or fall to want to go through the caves and now I'm being less efficient and I am and, – and, and I'm not gaining what I should be to progress through the game. Theoretically, yeah. theoretically. Well, I, I think to to a degree, but I also think like that is still ben- benefiting you because you're going to build up your uh, your items. You're going to yeah. build up your character. You're going next time you decide to harvest, should you harvest, you're going to be doing doing it much more efficiently. Yes. Okay. But there there is a 
there is an X amount of payoff for that, right? Sure. There is, a best, there is a best time to do things in that game. Yeah, right. I would agree with that. Yeah, okay. So, and okay, maybe you can argue part of playing the game is discovering those best times. Yeah. But in discovering those, I'm. it feels like it's taking away from the way I would want possibly to play the game. And, and then that comes back into my argument about the hundreds of hours where now... I am playing it less efficiently and am needing to put in additional hours to then be the completionist that I, I am. Yeah. And if you're not enjoying it at that point, if you're just doing it for completionist's sake, right. then that is frustrating because then you do have to wait a long time to get back to those seasons. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask you. So is that your problem? You get through a season or two, you play 30, 40 hours, and then when you're finally getting a hold of the game, you're like, shit, I have to at I least should have been doing another year. I think that maybe is what it is because like I said, I totally, uh, 40, 45 hours I put into it and I'm in fall of year two. Uh, and I, I guess I, re- I remember just like losing steam and that being one of the main reasons I stopped playing it. And I don't know. I, I just, I see that, I see the way the game is built and meant to be played as overall, like a ne- the one negative aspect of the game. Not saying that none of those gameplay mechanics or styles are not fun or that I enjoy them myself, but I still think it is a negative. I see it as a negative. Hmm. I, I would, yeah, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. And I guess I would just say again to kind of meet up is that my personal experience was very different. And I think that has tainted me in a pro Stardew bias. <laughs> right. Because of what my experience <laughs> hey, I'm, was. I'm pro Stardew. This game's fun. It is addictive. It is very And addictive. I do want to continue playing it and have fun getting all this stuff. But when it's not readily apparent how or when I can and cannot do stuff the most efficiently and it's and I feel as if I would need to look up an FAQ to know how to do it and then I can go about and doing it and it is still fun achieving it um I don't know I just that's that's a downer for me yeah I needed an FAQ for some of it um the last little bit I'm on I needed I needed an FAQ because like Mm. there's a few items I just I didn't know how to get you know, it doesn't do a great job of that. Like some of the odd items, like some of the animal related things or like like things that aren't clearly like, OK, corn. Well, obviously I grow corn, you know, like stuff like that. Makes right. sense. Or like, well, yeah, because it's nice. Like with the, when you grab the seeds, it tells you what season you're planting yeah. them in. Right? Or even when you get the ability to craft and you know, like this is going to make me jam. Like it tells you, right? Like, yeah. Right. This makes jam. It's the barrel for jam. Yeah, the the fishing thing in particular drives me nuts. Is just you know the certain fish in different certain seasons and time of day. That time was of, tough. Time that, of that day is tough. To That's get. tough. Yeah. 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 So like, if there, I don't know, if you could like unlock a somewhere or do something in game to like give you that knowledge. I mean, there's a there's a library in this town, right? Well, yeah, and reading the is books in the stuff? library does it give does? you that kind of stuff. Have okay. you read the books in the library? No, I've read some of them, I think. Maybe. I don't know. Again, this was forever ago, right? Yeah, I, and I don't know if it's good enough information to satisfy you, but it is semi-specific information. Like, okay. it'll tell you fish at different parts of okay. night, you know, do this. Well, okay, then maybe I just didn't explore and find the hints that the game does present to you. Um, but then again, there's another thing that... There's another a step to achieving some of these items, right? Is and which comes with more time. I'm putting in the more time to look in game for the hints to then 
put more time into the game to get the thing. Yeah, but I think that's fun to an extent. I like I kind of like games that aren't always like giving you an in-game tutorial and everything. You know? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I know. That. I don't. I think though. Okay, if I were to spend a, a day or two in game going through these books in this library looking for the specific bit, tidbit of info that I may or may not be there, that's not me really doing anything in game, which also helps me further my game agenda. Yeah. It, it's like when you're playing an open world game and you're doing all the side quests and you're, and the game basically ha- delves them out. So you're doing. Oh, I got a quest at the east end of the map. Okay, the next thing I'm doing is now I'm going all the way to the west end. Mm-hmm. Right? It's disjointed. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no flow, and I like I like the flow. And, and and in those open world games, I think the onus is on the player to play optimally to give themselves the flow. Like when I was doing playing um, Horizon or whatever, that's I I purposefully was doing things in order where I was kind of just cir- circular nav like circumnavigating the map. And doing quests in very efficient ways. Me too. Minimize. Yeah. Right. So I guess there's onus on the player to yeah, do that. I was that. waiting to go to areas until I knew there was a guy who Totally. There. Right? Yeah. Exactly. But with the, with that, uh, with the, like an open world game, like it's it's apparent how you can do it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Maybe this just isn't the type of game for me. Yeah, there's a few times in that game where I was like, I thought I could go somewhere. Like, I'm like, okay, these sewers look like I could do something here. And I kept, and it just took me forever to like understand how I could go to this area or do this. And like, it doesn't really explain it until all of a sudden it happens. Like, oh, I've, you know, unlocked this box and now I've done this. Right. Yeah, you're right about that. I think it kind of is rewarding too, because when something does happen, it's really exciting. That's true. That's true. Um, so. Onto some positive aspects on the game. Uh, Marty, I, I'm interested in knowing, well, in Leland as well, um, how how is your farm engineered? What do you focus on? How do you make money? What do you not focus yeah, on? Yeah, so I, when I fired it back up, I was taking a look at it. Um, as soon as you exit my house, there's like a large um, plot of land right above the first pond. that Because right. this is in the original game, so you don't have like the different starting areas that you could choose. Yes. Now, now in the Switch version, you can have alternative uh, starting spaces. That's cool. Which I thought was really yeah. cool when I did that, but I obviously I can't restart, or I could, but I'm not going to. Um, I'm looking at the plot of land. It's um, quite large for growing crops, especially in the fall. I've got many different like tree se- sections where I have sap growing and oak resin. Interesting. And like maple. I have like three different sections, um, and then I've got a bunch of fruit trees below that, and then in the bottom left corner of the map, I have um, my little farm area. I've got uh, two coops there. I've got a coop or a coop in a barn. Uh, I've got all my animals in there. They're all named after T-Hud and like Aww. random people and or, or they're named after different cuts of meat. <laughs> um, <laughs> even I can't eat them. Yeah. And then I've got the, the greenhouse going and yeah, I've got a lot of stuff going in that game to make money and it seems like I have a ton of money too. So um yeah i mean if i fire back up it shouldn't be too hard to get rolling again or do what i want to do which is pretty neat uh, i don't know what you guys did yeah i um i i can only really comment because i haven't looked at my first farm it's on my old computer my new farm i did pick one of the um different farms i picked one of the farms that has a big spot actually that auto generates ore so your uh, copper your uh, steel and your gold, oh, as well as some rocks there. That? 
Sorry? How do you get that? That's uh, one of the choices of the new farms. Oh, cool. The other choice of farms, um, I forget one of them, but one of them you get a good fish river that goes through, and it makes it easier for you to catch all the fish. Okay. Anything and everything can be in there. Um, the problem is it really screws up the amount of land in your farm. Like, there's still rivers that go through mine now, my new farm, and there's but there's only shitty things in it, like garbage. But it, there, it's really hard for me to find good spots for plants in this one. Like, they're just all kind of L-shaped and C-shaped little oh, plots. Yeah. So it, it's it's really tough. Actually, see why I thought, said it was interesting about your saps. The one good place I had, I just loaded with trees for different saps because it's so low maintenance. Yeah, you know, you, totally you just is. put a tapper on it and you come back every week and a half it's kind of funny i can't actually see when the the sap's ready because i have so many and i have just enough to walk around them so i have to walk right in front of them so it like goes opaque for a second and i can actually Uh, see yeah me too Um, that's cool yeah it's cool i've also got like a bunch of uh walkways in between all my trees oh nice like like, uh stone walkways and everything that's good planning Uh, i'm not looking forward to when winter's over and then everything gets all screwed up again. This is this is going to come as an absolute shock to you too, but my main money making in both games is a gigantic distillery where I make tons of beer and wine. Um, that's consistent between both games. And uh, <laughs> the villagers, about 90% of them, with the exception of kids and the one girl, Penny, whose mom is an alcoholic in the game, they all love beer and wine. So it makes it very easy. I don't even sell most of it. I sell maybe a third. The rest, I just, I constantly walk around the town every single day giving away alcohol. And that's what I've been <laughs> doing for like a friends. year and a half. And I have tons of friends. Everyone's like, oh, Moby, great to see you. No, you don't make friends with salad. No, no. And, and luckily uh, the town is no What beat. What do the friendships do in-game? Uh, they, what they, functionally, they do something. Um, and they also do just flavor character moments. So you'll come in, you'll see a cutscene, and they actually added more in. It's not just the Switch version. I think if Leland were to update and start over again, I think it's a free update given everybody. I believe so. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Maybe I will. Yeah, yeah, and you can marry two new people. Emily's one, and I'm trying to think who else you can marry. So I we'll get to the marriage part for sure. But the other thing is when you make good friends with people, they'll put stuff in your mailbox, like money, cooked food, like useful stuff. Mm. Um, Kent, the veteran uh, from the war who comes in year two, he found a hand grenade in his toolbox and he sent that to me in, by mail. I don't know. I didn't know Canada Post was carrying that, but uh, <laughs> apparently that's that's okay. Um, and it's kind of all like flavor stuff that goes with them. So Pam, who's the alcoholic, she'll send you a beer and, you know, it's just... Yeah, and the, I remember some cool. of the cutscenes were pretty cool. Yeah, they are pretty cool. I and didn't the, see many because I had terrible relationships there. The but. game is... The game goes places that you wouldn't expect a 16-bit kind of color farming sim to go. Like the alcoholic stuff. But I had a new cutscene with Alex this morning, who's like the cool guy in town. He used to be like the star football player, but now he's a washout and sells ice cream in the summer and lives with his grandma and grandpa. And I had a cutscene with him where he's like, yeah, me and the dog share, share, uh, you know, a life and I understand him. And my character's like, oh, why, Alex? And he's like, 
because my dad used to beat me and my mom and then he left and my mom got sick and died and then I had to live with my grandparents. I'm like, oh, this is happy. Jesus. That, that's actually happened. That's <laughs> I'll part take of the two end. scoops, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. that's good. Two scoops of sadness. Well, oh, and there's man. even like um, – you know, there's uh, that one guy, Shane, who works in JoJo, which is like the Walmart. And it's supposed to be this big, bad corporate store there. And if you find Shane, he's very standoffish. But if you give him some booze in the pub where he is most nights, he'll start to pour out like how much of a loser and how insecure he is. He lets his guard down. Oh, so the man. writing like that's pretty smart. Yeah, I'll have to do that because wow. I never really had time for that. I was too busy making my money. I know. I didn't give money. a fuck about any of the townspeople. Yeah. I tried to get together with Penny. Like, I think I've got five stars with her, which is just friendship. Yeah. So I really Lelanded myself <laughs> with, wow. with these women <laughs> wow. in the friend zone. Same with Emily. Like, I'm in the friend zone with a bunch of women. Wow. And oh. I'm just like the friendly farmer down the road. Oh, boy. Here he comes again with all his crops. Oh, I, I do want to jump into that, but I also want to hear, Leland, what's your farm like? Um, it's actually not that developed sounding compared to yours. I mean, I do have some trees. Like, I for a while, I was, like, I was making tappers like crazy. Tap, 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 tap. Tap, 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 And so, I, yes, I have a nice grove of trees. There isn't quite uh, the... The variety of species, most of them are like pine trees are giving me pine resin, <laughs> which I don't know what to do with. So I basically just sell it. But yeah, I got the jam thing going. I got uh, I got a couple farms, farmhouses. Um, I got chickens and ducks, uh, cows and goats. All the goats are named after an old uh, D&D group that I was playing with at the time, which tells me how old, like the last time I oh. logged on. It was like the four PCs that I was DMing for or whatever. Um, <laughs> so I had a nice giggle at remembering that when I fired it back up uh, the other day or yesterday it was. And uh, I don't have that much for croppage, really. I mean, you got the automated sprinklers. Um, I'd say I'm taking up probably maybe a third of my land. The rest is just like I cleared it, but I'm not doing anything with it right now. Huh. That's why where I put like in the spot where I wasn't doing anything. I put like a tree... Like nursery of just random trees that I wasn't really planning on tapping, but they become wood for me. So right. I just grow all the yeah. trees there and it looks kind of cool and then I just chop them down. Right. Hmm. So, Leland, did you get married in that game or have a girlfriend? No, I, I'm courting uh, Abigail, I think it is. Oh, she's cool. But uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't interact with the trans. Have you got the D with Abigail yet where you play Super Nintendo uh, with her? I think I did that. Okay. Yeah, I think so. That's that's fun because you're actually playing the game with her co-op. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game. Yeah. So. so I don't know. Like I said, I I never really got all that far into it. I, I lost steam um, interest, I guess, because there was. I think I was just like overwhelmed, and I'm like, there are things that I wanted to do, but didn't really couldn't couldn't set out to do them as quickly as I liked. Just the way the game works, kind of thing, you know. And I don't know. It's tough getting some resources, too. Like, finding, like, hardwood, I found. Was yeah, good. hardwood is tough. Did you you guys know, did you find the semi-secret place that generates hardwood every day? Oh, yeah. by the Wizard's Tower? Yeah. yeah. Every day, eh? 
every day oh, okay. new hardwood okay. there. Oh, Just like every morning is new hardwood. So. <laughs> what do you use the hardwood for again? Uh, like building up your house. Well, Leland, uh, we'll have that chat uh, uh, okay. after we stop recording. That's uh, for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I Okay, I kind of, I guess have what's a funny slash fucked up story to do with my romances in this game. So the first time around... Yes, yes. Oh boy. The first time around, I wanted to marry Emily. And I only found out later that in the first version of the game, you couldn't. She's kind of the intuitive personality, creative, fun, so I liked her. So I ended up marrying the hot chick. And there's like one The mean one? Uh, the, the airhead? Ha- Haley, yeah. Oh, okay. The blonde. Yeah, yeah. The blonde. She's got all the fashion magazines everywhere. And then, yeah, she's got the fashion magazine. She's into photography. One of her dates, she's wants a picture with like a cow and she literally slips in cow crap. You take a picture, <laughs> but that was fine. So my second time around in version two of the game, Emily was able to get married. Yeah, that was cool. So I was excited. So then I courted her and I married her and like, a month into the marriage, I realized she's frumpy and I missed the hot chick. And I especially missed that one line of dialogue she has at the Thanksgiving festival, Haley, the blonde, where she says, I'm thankful for, oh, just wait, bring me home tonight and I'll show you. I thought that was the best line of dialogue in the game. <laughs> so I am currently showering Haley with gifts, even though she's not my wife. My wife is very mad at me always now. She's caught on to it. <laughs> she's slapping. She's actually saying her dialogue like dot, dot, dot. I know what you're doing. You can't hide from me. Oh, I found Haley's missing bracelet. Um, and now my wife is suggesting, she said, she said, quote, I had a choice. I said, no. She said, do you want to have a baby to make it better? I said, no, I don't want to bring a kid into this. <laughs> but I am currently trying to cheat and get a divorce. <laughs> wow. It's yeah, pretty good. I, I never went so deep with this game. Oh, my goodness. Man. I know. I know. And it's, it's funny because, like, Emily used to wait for me in bed for me to go to sleep at the end of the day. Now she just, like, stands staring at the bed, and I have to go to bed before her. Like, even if it's 2 a.m., she's just staring. <laughs> That's passive-aggressive. She's going yeah. to kill you. She is. Well, I built... See, the baby's room comes with a bed so the parents can sleep with her. And I don't know... Or, or like, sleep in the same room with the babies. And I don't know if it's just this version of the game, but the beds in the baby room are separate. I'm assuming it was meant to be that way, but I'm also like, oh. yeah, there's a hint to our relationship oh, coming man. here. So, yeah, it's pretty fun. That is funny. I just, man, this game is very deceptive, right? It's not what it looks like. No. At all, really. No, it get it, it like, starts out as one thing, and it just keeps going and going yeah. and going. And yeah. Like, I mean, clearly Moby's gone way further than either of us. Oh, oh yeah. Then, I'll, then I will, then I ever will. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to put in the time to court one of these pixelated chicks and try to marry them. No, you don't put in the time in real life. Why would you do it in video games? <laughs> well, the the thing that I would say... <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Touche. Touche. Fatality. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, fuck you. <laughs> okay. I don't even know where we go. I don't know. From this game's dumb. Don't bother playing it. <laughs> He's, he's oh, we got a grumpy Leland. We already, yeah. had, we already had an angry Leland. Yeah, I was. I was getting angry. This game's stupid. <laughs> there's too much shit to do. It's random as fuck. Uh, there's not enough time in the day to do stuff. It's it's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs>
Oh, I should have mentioned that Haley and two out of ten sisters. <laughs> they are. Really? Yeah, for real. Jeez. So that that kind of puts a wrench in things wow. and escalates. You're, it's hard to choose. A, you're mo- no, you have chosen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I made guess, your choice. Yeah. I just I want an. A- it has to be like multiple choice. I want the answer all of the above. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Well, in some parts of the world, what you're doing is very acceptable. That that's true. Yes. In fact, it's frowned upon not to do that. Uh, all right, do we want to get into a summary of this fucking? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Let's wrap this yeah. fucker up. Summary: According to Moby, I would say that this is an excellent example of what modern indie games can be. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm extending that olive branch to Leland. But I'm saying that I'm it, it that does show what is possible. And that that these games can be well distributed over Steam and GOG and other services like that. That it's a viable business if you're an indie developer and you do a good job. And so, yeah, I, I hope to see more. And I know we're not going to get into it, but I know Marty has played um, uh, To the Moon, which... Yeah, I've played a few uh, sprite-based kind of games lately, and I like that. And they're pretty good. I like that mix of old and new. You know, mm-hmm. old old graphics, old style with new concepts and new ideas. And I thought Stardew does a pretty good job of that. It does. Yeah, it does. I'll concede that. I don't know why I'm being so adversarial. I, I mean, I, do, I enjoy the time I'm playing. Like, I got sucked into another two hours of this fucking game this morning. That's what killed me. That booting was, it up that I was, I to fu- remind myself of it. I know. I did the same thing. Yeah. We so, highly recommended listener and even listener who ordinarily doesn't like games because they think they're too violent or this or that. This game will just let you explore. That's true. Do something unique and... And honestly, I think it'd be very difficult to find someone who would not get addicted to this game for at least like 20, 30 hours. I mean, it, <laughs> I just don't know how you just turn this I off. I think how if you got the initial hooks in, you, I think it would definitely pull in some uh, people who weren't maybe as into the hobby of video games, for sure. Right. But you need to, you need to get past that initial bit, I think. Yeah, I think so. I, I will say, um, I think this game does a great um job uh with the learning curve um as far as base mechanics you know like again you you start out and you have you're very limited and the game does a good job of parsing out what you are even capable of doing and building upon the skills uh that you need for the rest of the game i think that does a great job and yeah i think if if you enjoy the first five or ten hours of it building up your farm and it, it does think it hooks its hooks into you. You will be in for another twenty or thirty for sure. And for a hundred and thirty, possibly right. For me, I got to the point where there was too much, and I I guess I was too overwhelmed. I mean, really, if I, if I wanted to put in the time to, to do all the stuff, I could, and I would, and I would enjoy it. But uh, that amount of time for me is not what I'm going to be sinking into this particular game. But yeah, I, I recommend I recommend it too for sure. You got you gotta check it out. Everyone's playing it. It's so well done. And you're right. This is like the epitome of what indie quality should be, really. Well, and the multiplayer is almost ready, so that should. be I'm fun. super fun to try. Is it cl- cross platform? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know, but it's gonna I be wonder. up to four players. So it'd be, I'd say, sweet if we all jumped in on a farm. But I could see that making lives it. disappear. Okay, I, that'd, be, that'd be pretty cool. We should do it. Yeah, yeah I'll do it with you guys. Fuck. Just for a fucking bonus. Stupid should, yeah. game. Yeah, Stupid Stardew. Back to the Stardew. <laughs> That's right. 
when this field hits 88 carats, we're going to see some serious <laughs> shit. Hose. We're, we're going. We don't need hose. <laughs> <laughs> we need more Haley's. We need less Haley's. We need more, more less Haley. Oh. There's three of them. They're all married to my sister. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marty, final thoughts? I don't think I could top that. Let's just end it there, honestly. Are we going to rate it? Oh, yeah. If, um, I mean, I, it's been a long time since I really played it. Yeah. But, you know, I'd say, like, honestly, and I, I think I I give a lot of nines. Um, so I feel bad about giving a nine. Um, but I think that this is, like, a legitimate, like, nine for me. Because it was it's a, I spent a lot of time. It does what it sets out to do better than I can think of any other game like it. Uh, it's really good. Yeah, nine out of ten. Yeah, wow. I'm going to base it off my mean crop I make, which is pale ale. And I'm going to give it 10 pale ales out of 10. For, wow. I'm a Harvest Moon fan. That's, no, that's totally. This cannot yeah. get better for what totally. it is. Uh, for me, I think I'm going to give it uh, 7 pumpkins out of 10. And I fully concede that the problems I have with the game are problems that I have as a gamer, not as true faults of the system in the game. I think, like, I do the same thing with RPGs. I'll start out, like, Fallout. I mean, uh, Fallout New Vegas. I think I started that game, like, eight different times. Yeah. Building my character eight different ways because I got... You have, like, a strange OCD. Yes. And I and that is... So, I, I say that is my problem. But mm. for me, I think this game is a seven. I said that, right? I didn't say yeah. seven. Yeah, okay. Seven out of ten. <laughs> cool. All right. All right. That's it. All right. Well, it's Bye, listener. <laughs> no, one, <laughs> one more now. segment left. Oh, <laughs> it's time for movie musings, hidden family jewels. Finally, <laughs> I get to take the pants off. This is a pretty simple segment, listener. This is we're just going to discuss TV shows or movies that we think are underrated or underknown, and that you really should see, and that each other should see if we haven't seen them, and. I don't know about you guys. I've got some pretty good movie recommendations. In fact, I, I had to really trim down my list. It was more difficult for me to find TV shows that I thought were underrated. So I hope you guys have some. I think I was the other way around. Oh, really? Okay. And I also think that mine are relatively well known. I just don't think they've received the acclaim they deserve. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's part of the segment. Yeah, I, I basically have uh, a, a pretty one solid choice for TV here. Uh, yeah, it was difficult really thinking, thinking and figuring, trying to, you know, just pull names off the top of your head. It was harder than I thought it would be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it'd be easier for me to do with video games because there's a lot of games I've played that are a little more like indie, maybe not as well known, at least recently, that I could give some recommendations. Right. One of the tough parts for me coming up with this, like when I started to look into what I have, it's one thing to have something that I believe was underappreciated or not very well known. But in 2018, with how distribution of videos and TV are, some of the things I wanted to suggest are frankly damn hard to get. So that's tough for me to recommend to listener if it means that they the only way to get it is to buy an overpriced DVD off eBay. That's not realistic. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, one... uh, did you have an example of that? Yeah, yeah. And that is the best psychological thriller that I think has ever been made. Is it Jacob's Ladder? It is Jacob's it's Ladder. It's Jacob's Ladder. It is Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> wow, that's a good guess. Now, that this was a movie that my uncle was obsessed with since I was a little kid. 
And I originally just thought it was a horror movie because that's all that he likes is like true horror movies. And finally, I got around to a time where he invited me over. He's like, let's get drunk on a Friday night. You stay over at my house. We'll watch Jacob's Ladder. So that's Some exactly uncle. what we did. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's married with two kids. That sounds like Uncle Martin. You were there. <laughs> no, Uncle Jeff's cool. He has a whole den with like uh, memorabilia and like like signed posters on the wall by Pink Floyd and stuff like that. He's, he's a cool guy. So we, I watched it. It was awesome. And it felt a lot like Silent Hill. And I found out like Silent Hill is was like 70% influenced by Jacob's Ladder. It feels like the Silent Hill movie that should have been made. Um, and Silent Hill rips a bunch of stuff right out of it. Like word for word, the subway station that's in Silent Hill is the same that's in Jacob's Ladder and Pyramid Head other stuff. Uh, no. no pyramid head. There's, there are similar types of monsters to him. Silent Hill Homecoming, which I believe Leland started, completely takes the end of Jacob's Ladder and just uses it basically like, like shot for shot where there's the guy trapped in the hospital gurney. That's uh, that's right out of the end of Jacob's I Ladder. I think I finished that one. Famous scenes. I think I played it twice and. For life, me can't remember. Well, that's that, the beginning so. of it. So, um, but Jacob's Ladder. When I wanted to buy it, I I could only find it on DVD on eBay, and that's fine. I love the movie, but for me to recommend listener getting it that way, like it's not on Netflix. I don't think it's on Hulu or anything else. Yeah, it's hard to You're find it on see distribution it. or something. What about like renting it on, uh, like, I don't know, like a PlayStation Network or something? I tried to look for it on, I actually do a lot of renting off YouTube. Yeah. You, you can just rent movies. And I could not find it there. Um, it may be there now, but I could not find it there. So maybe let's, uh, so that's kind of my first recommendation. I mean, listener, if you like, psychological thrillers and you're willing to shell out 15 bucks on ebay i mean i would wholeheartedly recommend it a hundred percent it's just tough for me to ask you to do that on faith alone but i guess i mean movie tickets cost like fucking 16 bucks nowadays so it's like just getting a movie ticket so yeah but uh, i've got more recommendations and some are a little more mainstream but uh I, maybe we'll go clockwise. Leland, I'm interested in you. You said you had one big uh, recommendation. Yeah, I mean, one that kind of came immediately to mind for TV um, is The Good Place. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys either you've heard or I've seen it. I've heard of it. I know what it's about, and I've heard nothing but good things. It's really funny. I've only seen season one, I think. Uh, season three actually just got picked up again, so there will be a season three. The stars uh, Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. Um, Honestly, that should sell you right there. I know. How the hell do you not like Ted Danson? Oh, he's awesome. He's great. Yeah. Remember that? What was that show on HBO he was on? It was had uh, Jason Schwartzman on it, too. Oh, yeah. Like um, yes. What was that? That was a really good show, too. That should be on this list. It was. That was okay, actually. Like, it wasn't, like, great. No. It was under pretty, like, you totally, like, yeah. go your whole life without knowing what totally. it was. I don't yeah. even know the name now. I don't know, Kent, for life, um, me. But it was. Danzig was awesome in that. Yeah, he was good. Well, anyway, so in The Good Place, basically, The Good Place is like heaven. And Kristen Bell's character, her name's Eleanor, she dies and mistakenly gets put in The Good Place because they think she is another Eleanor with the same name. 
<laughs> um, and like in the season one, like her presence there causes like the good place to go haywire and like like trash starts raining from the sky and like oh that's funny it's it's really yeah it's a really good show um season one was super funny um and like in the good place like they've turned off like the swearing module or whatever so <laughs> you know and whenever uh eleanor says fuck it comes out as fork and <laughs> shit is shirt and like all these like weird like quirky like you know cutesy stuff it's that is fine it's a really good show yeah it's like yeah. having its own little frack exactly it totally is it totally is um yeah no it's just super it's super funny it's really good uh the concept's cool too right like yeah it's yeah. pretty unique yeah yeah um at least with that tone it's unique yeah totally totally but no, there's a nice, nice like twist at the, the end of season one, and I'm stoked to watch season two, uh, even though I kind of read a synopsis on it and <laughs> ruined it for myself. But as you uh, want to do, as I want to do, yes. <laughs> uh, but I would definitely check out the Good Place if you haven't. Uh, I think season one's on Netflix. That's where I watched it. I think. Yeah, I think I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, I've got a couple for TV, but okay. I'll, throw, I'll throw one out there. Uh, Hannibal. I think oh, okay. uh, I don't think and very many people watched Hannibal. It's on Netflix. Uh, it got canceled because of lower viewership. The only reason it made it to three seasons was because it had like some uh, overseas um, like financing or something. So like whatever network it was on wasn't actually losing that much money. Oh, so they just kept it going. Okay. Uh, they wrapped it up with season three, but they've been t- been in talks. Uh, Brian Fuller, the creator, has been in talks to bring back season four down the road. I just really like them. Really? Yeah. I think they had a nice ending. I think, yeah. If they just never leave can, it. Yeah, if they never go back, yeah, they, they can definitely just leave it. Yeah. Uh, it's a good show, though. It's it's pretty uh, gruesome. For you like also need... It's a show that you need to watch. You need to pay oh, attention to yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yes. It's not a show you turn... It's not a background show. No. It's, it's a not. sit down. And, and, and I... I I should rewatch it because I... For part part of it, I, it was, I made it a background for myself yeah. and like... I don't know, lost interest. Uh, I did watch it all. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a good pick. Season one and two are really good. Beginning of season three is pretty mediocre. Um, yeah, that's what I recall. Know, but I think it picked up at the end of it. It does, yeah. The end yeah. of season three with the red dragon stuff. Yeah. It's really cool. It is cool. Uh, and just like um, Hannibal himself was a great choice. Like making him like a little bit foreign and like. Yeah. Just kind of gave this mystique to the character. Yeah. And he's totally terrifying when he has to be, though. Like, he's, like, a quiet terrifying. He's like a quiet yeah, he's, like, uh, he's, he's like, because, like, you know the entire series, right, that he's Hannibal. Right away, and he, yeah. So, the, the Watcher knows. But, like, the whole, every scene you, he's in, like, he's just, like, this pent-up ball of homicide yeah. that you think will just, like, burst at any, yeah, and could you, burst you at any second. when that bomb's going to go off. Right. And it almost never does. Except when it does, it's scary. Yeah, totally. And totally. yeah, and then there's a lot of like questions about like the other main character played by Hugh Dancy. If he if he's like bad too, is he a villain? Like yeah. they definitely keep you guessing from almost a whole series, really, mm-hmm. uh, on and off. Because he has like, what does he have like a type of Asperger's or something or autism? Yeah, something like that. Some sort of something thing. that Hannibal takes yeah, advantage of. Fully, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it definitely it does a great job of portraying Hannibal as. This psychoanalyst oh, that just yeah. gets in your head. Yeah, he's like yeah. the master manipulator. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Nice. He's totally the puppet master. He he is, he is you know Hannibal like the Hannibal you would expect from like Silence of the Lambs, right? Like 
even from within a cell, he's orchestrating so many things. Hannibal, yeah. we want and we deserve. Right. Just yeah. by his associate, just being being associated with him, you are on his puppet string, right? Like, and uh, Loras Fishburne's in it. Ooh, yeah. nice. And he yeah. has a awesome fight with Hannibal that bookends uh, season two. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is a cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, all the action's really cool because you're like, like you said, like when when it's when it's not there, its absence is like this, fe- uh, this this you know void that you can almost reach out and touch, mm-hmm. and then suddenly it's there, and you're like, whoa, holy shit! It, the, the cinematography too is really unique. Yeah, like, there's a lot of different like color and uh, sort of like almost tone depending on which characters in the scene and like what's happening, like psychologically. Like, mm-hmm. there really is, like, there's a lot of dream sequences, okay. but they're really well done for the most yeah. part. And you're never, like, annoyed. And you know what? Every scene with Hannibal and Hannibal's therapist, so weird and tense. Yeah. Like. It's, like, very uncomfortable. Yeah. And you're like, is he really here for his, like, because he thinks he needs to benefit from his own therapy? Yeah. Or is this just part of some grander plan that he's enacting and like it's real yeah it's that's a yeah man that's a really good show i don't know why i was fell down on it for a while but it's weird because it's one of those shows like i'm i I rewatched it with my wife and we're on to season three but we just never picked up season three and i haven't been super excited to push her into it because i know season three starts slow (laughs) right but like we really both enjoyed watching season two and for me it was the second time and now i'm just like I don't know. We put it off for like a year and a half. Yeah. But I can definitely recommend it. If you've never seen it, pick it up. It's good. Honestly, even just the payoff for the Red Dragon stuff for the end of three is so good. And like, man, the recasting for the guy who plays Red Dragon was insane. All the seasons like, end really well. Yeah. But I mean, just like the lookalike. Oh, I, yeah. Who's the new character that's replacing Ralph Fiennes or whatever from actual like the movie Red Dragon? You're right, right. I can't remember like, his name. Oh, they, it, it's like, whoa, is that fine? Like, that could just be the same actor. It's yeah. crazy. He's he's scary, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's a good, awesome. That's a good uh, That's a good choice. That's awesome. Okay, next up, I'm going to go mainstream and then not so mainstream and then mainstream and I'm, I'll be done. Uh, this is another film. This is a film that for anyone who saw the Star Wars prequel and said that Hayden Christensen is an absolute terrible actor, period. Not just that he was directed poorly and not handled properly in the film. He is the star of a movie called Shattered Glass, which I'm sure I've mentioned to you guys off air. Uh, Shattered Glass is the true story about a journalist in New York named Stephen Glass And it was found out in the 90s, he was a famous young writer, that he made up virtually everything. He made up all his sources, his quotes, his stories. They were based on on nothing, on complete fabrications. And what ended up happening is when he was discovered, instead of basically saying, you know, yeah, it was me, you got me, I'm sorry, I'll resign or whatever, he tries to, like, go further into his lie. And he goes, he goes really extreme into his lie to the point that he sets up like fake companies with voicemails where when they try to verify, they're like, did he talk to this company? It's like, hi, you've reached John with ABC Enterprises. 
we're not available right now, but leave a message. Oh, he really doubles down. Oh, he totally doubles down. It th- That is the plot of the story, is him getting these, um, you know, uh, he's suspected of fabricating, and the plot is him doubling down, doubling down, doubling down, until finally he has nowhere to go. And it's pretty creepy because... At parts, you wonder, like, he comes off as a nerdy kid. He's got big ground glasses. But how Hayden Christensen goes with him, you think he may snap violently at some point. Just, like, grab you and slit your neck or something like that. And that kind of plays into things, too. I won't tell you whether or not he goes there. But, again, it's based on a a true story. And that kind of makes it more endearing. That one is available on YouTube, easy to get. I don't think it's on Netflix, um, but it it is easy to get for rental. And okay. I, I highly recommend it. Cool. So, moving on to Mister Leland Steele. Good for me. All right, okay, moving, moving on, on to Marty. To Marty Monologue Man. Uh, yeah. So I've got a couple more, but I think I'll just stick to TV. Honestly, I think okay, my, that's cool. My TV. Picks are a little bit Mine are all movies. So yeah. you, you handle TV, I'll handle movies. Sure. Uh, I've got two more, so I'll throw the next one. Sure. I've got Outlander. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's uh, based on a book series. Um, I've read all the books now because I watched the show. It's one of those shows I think is really entertaining to watch um, if you're in a relationship. And, <laughs> I was going to say. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like a mix of romance and action. Um, it's like a dramatic romance show and honestly i didn't think i'd like it all that much but it has it's it's a period piece it has some like time travel elements so it's a little bit sci-fi not much though honestly it's good i liked it i think the books are really solid but the tv show is really well done it's by roger moore um, okay so about the Battlestar galactica fame and i think he did uh what else did he did X Files or something for a while or something like that? Yeah, I think he worked or no, Star, on Star Trek. Star Trek, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He worked on Star so Trek. he's kind of in that genre for a while. Yeah, it's good. So is it complete or is it still running? Oh yeah, it's gonna be going for a while. It's yeah, it, it's on season four starting up. So there's three seasons. I think two are on Netflix. Okay, you know, if you like the first one, you probably just like the whole thing. Sweet. The next I got is a movie series. It's done. It's complete. It's a trilogy. And I'm sure I've watched at least one of the films with Leland, which is Cube. Remember Cube, the horror series? Did we watch at least one of those together? Yes, I have seen the series. Okay. Marty, have you seen Cube? Yeah, we watched it together. Okay. That was way back in the day. That's awesome. So, listener, Cube, all three films came out in the 2000s. Uh, It's a really neat sci-fi horror series. Basically, what the cubes are is you have a bunch of people, random people, and they just wake up in a cubed room. And they don't know why they're there. They all have amnesia. They don't know where they are. But they're trying to escape. And everywhere they open in the room, like to get to the next room, there can be pretty lethal traps there. And that's where the horror comes in. I don't want to spoil it all. You never really find out what's up with the cubes, but you kind of find out they're <laughs> yeah. part of, like, experiments. The third movie is a prequel, so that cube is, like, the crudest yeah, of all like of them. like Cube Zero or something like yeah. that? Yeah. My favorite is actually the second film, Cube 2 Hypercube, which was the first one I saw. I just stumbled uh, on it okay. on TV. That's a sci-fi. It's like a quantum cube, and it has all these really neat traps. The one that sticks out with me is the hot chick and kind of one of the nerdier guys in in that uh, movie. 
they finally like just decide like shit we'll just have sex and they're like you know we might as well have some fun here but they happen to have sex in a room that like hyper accelerates their aging so they're having sex and all of a sudden they like turn old and then they turn into like corpses that are just yeah. floating in there. Yeah, like, like someone else comes into the room and sees them sees like them desiccated. Yeah. Desiccated yeah. and entwined. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's six in my head too. That, yeah. Just because of how creative it was. They made, um, there's a board game called, I think it's called Room 25. That's basically the Cube, silly. the board game. As you're moving through like this grid of, uh, squares trying to find the exit kind of thing and you can like play teams and like try to kill everybody you know you can manipulate the room so you can move someone into a, a trap room and that kind oh, of stuff oh that's cool yeah, yeah that is cool that's a good pick yeah those yeah. are those are good movies they yeah. are they are and I just feel like they're very creative and they're not really well known yeah so. I, I totally forgot about them but I've watched them with you before awesome yeah awesome. Uh, yeah one last TV series I'll throw out uh, Better Call Saul I think it's Kind of uh, not being watched by nearly as many people that were into Breaking Bad. And I think it's really found its own kind of area and space in this world. Moby, you've never really watched Breaking Bad, I don't think. Maybe no. Some no. And I was, a friend tried to get me into it, but it was, it was honestly a bad night. I, yeah. Yeah, I was just exhausted. I fell asleep, not because it was bad in the premiere, but it was no, just so it's, No, I honestly, I've noticed like, it, there's a mix of people who are just like, oh, this is overrated, and then some people just love it. I love it. Um, I really like Better Call Saul. It follows one of the characters from Breaking Bad, Saul Goodman, before he was Saul Goodman, and it has a lot of tie-ins with the series with a lot of like cameos and then like full-blown characters like before the series, and they have really you see how they became who they were in the Breaking That's Bad awesome. series, and it, it does a really cool job, especially by season three. There's like two kind of uh, storylines going on intertwining with um, a character from the original series, Gus Fring, who's like the mob boss of like uh, the chicken, Los Polos Hermanos. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, blanking on uh, the uh, cleaner guy. Mike? Jonathan Banks. Mike, yeah. Mike? Yeah, and uh, it's his story and how he becomes a cleaner, essentially. And you, you find out like what happened to him. So it, it's cool. And I really, cool. I really I like, check it out. You'd like it. Yeah. yeah I, I, cool. I did like Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad's cool. And uh, Saul Goodman himself, you know. Well, if you like Bob Odenkirk, then. Yeah. I mean, and I do like Bob Odenkirk. He's really good at yeah. this. And it, it really makes you sympathize for the guy. Like, yeah. You can see how this is going to end. You totally. Know? You know how this is getting there. And you can understand why. And because he's, he's really like a flawed human being. He, like, he starts out bad, and he's becoming good, like, as the show's going on. It feels that way. Yeah. Like, it feels like he's trying not to be who he was destined to be, whereas, like, with Walter White, it was, like, he kept failing at being a good husband and a good <laughs> father. With the But that was his goal. His goal was to, you know, to do these things for his family, but it became twisted, right? It feels almost inverted with uh, right, Saul right. Goodman. With Walter, it, start, it started because he enjoyed the person he was becoming. Yeah. And continued to develop himself into what he liked. Yeah. Whereas, like, watching Saul, uh, you know, you start seeing, like, he doesn't like this. He doesn't want this. He doesn't want people to think of him this way. But it's almost like that's his destiny. Uh, it's, oh, okay. It's kind of cool. There's a lot of different uh, layers to it and some really good uh, supporting cast and uh, season four should be rolling out pretty soon, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I should get into it. You know, it's weird because 
for whatever reason, I've never been into Better Call Saul or, or Breaking Bad, but I've really tracked the reviews for Better Call Saul because I know that Breaking Bad was like a cultural or at least a cult phenomenon. And I was like, is this movie going to trip up and just be like a parasite off the original? But the reviews came out outstanding and I was like, okay. But then they like kept up that momentum of like great reviews. And I'm like, wow, these creators like didn't run out of gas. No, they must have created it got better too. Season one is pretty good, but then season two and three are much better too. Awesome. And, you know, talking to the creator or like uh, reading about like hearing from the creator of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, he has a really good point of view on these series. Like he doesn't want them to go past where... You know, he doesn't want people to be like, oh, is this still on the air? You know, like almost mm-hmm. how we're feeling about Game of Thrones at this point or Walking Dead. It's like, okay, yeah. this needs to end. Right? But with Breaking Bad, people were like, oh, well, this is over, right? This is ending. And it's like it, it never outstayed its welcome. It probably was close to that point with Breaking Bad, but I feel like he's doing the same thing with Better Call Saul. Like I could see this going two more seasons and then they're done. Right. And that's smart. Like, you know, that leaves that like, it makes it a cultural phenomenon because people talk about it and it doesn't leave that last sour taste in their mouth. Um, Just a quick question. Does Walter White cameo? Has he cameoed yet? He hasn't yet? cameoed yet and neither has um, Jesse Pinkman. Okay. I, 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 I just don't know how you do Walter because he's yeah, it would, like... Yeah, it would be so shoehorned, right? Like, yeah. yeah. But I think they do flash forward past uh, Breaking Bad at points. That's usually how this, the seasons are bookended. Oh, really? With, uh, Saul in his, like, uh, post-Breaking Bad identity. Cool. So, uh, okay. that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I think there is room for maybe Jesse or yeah. something. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, you know, the keeping, keeping like, Breaking Bad self-contained into the five seasons, like, if Breaking Bad had went on for another three, like, you wouldn't have Better Call Saul. Right, like yeah. you think those two would have existed had Breaking Bad ran out till it was just not popular anymore, and then they were like, "Hey, let's do a spinoff." No, and if it had, I think the spinoff might have lasted a season before they realized the viewership wasn't there. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I got one last one, and you guys are gonna know it if not seen it, at least heard of it, one hundred percent. I think it is Quentin Tarantino's most underrated film, and it's. Definitely in my top three of Tarantino films. I don't know where it places. I'd have to look look over them all. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Do you guys remember it if you've seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I just think it came right after Pulp Fiction, which was, you know, Quentin's big, I'm here, I'm a superstar director kind of film. And I think a lot of people felt let down by Jackie Brown because it had a little bit less action. It still has a couple scenes of action. But it's mostly Tarantino dialogue, but it's excellent dialogue. And it's not his kind of dialogue where you start looking at your watch, which is kind of what I found in uh, Death... No, what was that one that was Death Proof? Death Proof. I, I kind of felt that went there sometimes. And, uh, I thought Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight had that. a lot of that, yeah. too, where you just kind of like, okay, Tarantino, like say what you want to say. Jackie Brown has a lot of talking, but it has a lot... Like, it goes somewhere with it. And the scenes are really riveting. It's got Robert De Niro in it. Oh, really? Robert De Niro in a Tarantino movie? Like, that should be worth the price of admission alone. You mean uh, De Niro of Meet the Fockers fame? Yes. <laughs> Meet that. Yes. He was the Godfather. The Godfather. Yes. The yeah, Godfather. the Godfather. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I'd highly recommend Actually, it. Actually, no. Um, De Niro's not a Fokker at all in Meet the Fockers. No. 
He's the wife's dad. So, wow, I'm going to leave that in because you got egg on your face, buddy. Oh, boy. I just done got fucked up. You got fucked up. (laughs) I got fucked up. Okay, I'm surprised that neither of you guys have seen it because I could have sworn my DVD copy came from Marty. Yeah, I never watched it. Oh, Okay, so take <laughs> from you. That's funny. He's never watched it. I don't like Tarantino anyways. His movies are garbage. Really? So. Yeah. Uh, they're, Django? They're all super Django. bad. Django was awesome. Nah, that was stupid. Okay, Django was probably like number yeah, one. Yeah, Pulp Fiction was really contrived and... <sighs> Tarantino's a bit of a hack, actually. Yeah, he's oh, a hack director. Leland's doing yeah. that thing again. Yeah, he's doing that. He's still grumpy, he's he's still grumpy from Stardew. Yeah, yeah exactly. fucking Stardew Valley. Where he's calling me a liar and a, you're a fucking liar. Oh fuck you, man! The whole goddamn game's a lie. Jeez, it is. The fucking game is a lie. The cake is a goddamn lie. The oh, farm is shit. a lie. Can you can you can lie. you plant a cake plant? Anyways, you may listener, as well. If this you like Tarantino at all, see Jackie <laughs> Brown, see Jackie Brown, and that's it. That's all I got. Cool. Yeah. Any other? Things from anybody? Um, I guess I'll throw one more out there that I was thinking about for a movie. Uh, yes, man. Okay, we've all watched that together. Oh, that's yeah. I think that is uh, severely underrated for how good it is. It's uh, yeah, I think it's so. Sealed and in my DVD collection. Oh, so I don't know. I just watch it. I've got. Uh, you never Jim- seen that movie? I, I own it. I've never seen it. Oh, I just shit, haven't gone watched it. Yeah, so that's interesting that we've never watched it together. Um, Jim <laughs> Jim Carrey and Zoe Deschanel. Um, I watch immediately. I know, I just, like, when it came, I think it's, like, a 2008 film, and just when it came out, like, I don't know, I love Jim Carrey, I'll watch anything Jim Carrey's in, and, yeah, who doesn't like Cable Zoe Deschanel? Guy. <laughs> Cable Guy! Is, Cable Guy is another underrated movie. Very much. <laughs> Poor Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's career is underrated. I just, that's, that's, let's do a, a segment on Jim Carrey one day. But, uh, no, I just, like, Jim Carrey's, like, this, you know, he's going through a divorce, whatever, he's, like, down on his, like, like middle-aged guy, and... He goes to like this, you know, self improvement seminar, and the the concept of it is to say yes to things, be a yes man. So he through so he makes this covenant with himself, and convinces himself that if he ever says no to something, then something terrible is gonna he's gonna come across some terrible bodily harm or something. So throughout the movie, he's just saying he's a yes man, yes man, yes man, yes man. <laughs> and I don't know, it's just like super charming. It's like Jim Carrey at his best. Um, it's got a good supporting cast. I just I could watch that movie any day of the week. It's just so good. Yeah, awesome. that's totally in the same Dewey Cox realm of like, yeah, fire it up. It is. Awesome. It is. I gotta yeah. watch this. It's it really good. Serious. I really I really enjoy it. That's sweet. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's kind of a positive end there, wow. listener. Yes, yes listener. man. Yes, man. Good yes, job. man. Good job, yes, Leland. <laughs> And you oh, thought yeah. I had nothing. I was just keeping that in my back pocket just in case your choices fell flat, which they honestly did. Oh, <laughs> did you want to dive in a little bit about the recent uh, Leland Steel adventure you went on? Oh, yeah. Terminal. I just totally forgot about Terminal CityCon. Yeah. Um, good banter. Yeah, but I mean, when this releases, it's, it will have been over for like a solid three weeks. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. It was at the end of March. Um, hosted in Vancouver, British Columbia here. It was their fifth annual terminal city con and i went i was only gonna go for saturday but i did end up going for six or seven hours on the sunday and it was it was a fucking blast it was so fun uh, i got to meet uh christian from take your chits and uh daniel from plumpy thimble both have youtube channels uh, i met uh joseph and justin who are the designers behind an upcoming kickstarter release fantastic factories um 
which I will totally be backing. It comes out on Kickstarter May 29th. Uh, keep your eye out for that. Super fun. Um, I don't know. It was, it was just really good times. It was cool to finally meet some of the Incursible Club, and um, it was good times. Yeah. yeah. It was good stuff. The cons are pretty fun. I went to my first one last year in yeah. Emerald City in Seattle. Oh, yeah. I forgot you did that. Yeah. I mean, we went because my wife really wanted to meet the, uh, the Outlander cast. Outlander. Outlander. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was cool, but she was in line so long for these things. Ugh. Like she, because we went and we were in line for the uh, Outlander like um, panel, which yeah. we, you had to get in line for that to get good seats. So that was an hour and a half in line for that. Jesus. And then I bought her photos, and we were in line for like, almost two hours for that. Wow! And with that, and we had the tickets, but because they were so behind. We it, we took hours to get through, and then she had um, autograph too, and you had to line up for that, and that was another hour and a half, and I was just chilling for that. Wow! So yeah, she did about probably about six hours in lines for just the Outlander stuff. Holy! Um, that's fuck. all we ended up really doing because we were there for a day, right? And I, I didn't really have time to do anything. How else. many days does that one go for? It goes for three. Three. Okay. Yeah, 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 it was packed, especially for the Outlander stuff that year. I bet. Eh? Yeah. Man, oh, man. Yeah, and it was uh, it was pretty crazy in that panel. Like, there was, like, 95% women with a lot of estrogen. Wow. <laughs> and That's uh, cool. it was pretty funny with the women asking questions. Yeah, with Sam Hewen, the main actor, like, they were just, they couldn't get the fucking words out. It was hilarious. Oh. Because <laughs> they were so nervous? Yeah. Like, starstruck? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I would certainly go back to Terminal City Con next year for sure. Um, it's only for two days, but, uh, man, they were giving away so many games, too, like, Every day you go in and they give you like a, a raffle ticket and throughout the whole day they're just pulling numbers. Was like, that just board games? It is, yeah. Tabletop? It's strictly board, tabletop, yeah. yeah. And um, man, they must have pulled like 60 or 70 tickets and gave away like each day. Like it's wow. insane. You That's go up cool. and they have like the whiteboard with the with current winners and then, you know, another board with past winners. And yeah. Man, it was insane. So cool. And you didn't win anything. I didn't win a single goddamn thing. I'm yeah. thinking next year I might go to a big one, like a Penny Penny Arcade Expo, like PAX, or like um, maybe like an E3 type thing. I'd like to do one at least. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I don't think it'd be as good as I would hope, but I just want the experience. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about some of the bigger ones, but... Yeah, I think they might be... Uh, some of those might be past. Like, I think it would have been fun to go to PAX maybe like eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was, uh, yeah, it was really good times. Thank you for reminding me about yeah, that. Worries. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Do we might some, as well give uh, the denouement. End of the show stuff. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do some end of the show stuff. Uh, right. If you want to check out our show notes, uh, you can find us on ttpopcast.wordpress.com. We are now on Instagram. Yes. Uh, I think, I don't know what our handle is. Probably ttpopcast. I don't know. Just... <laughs> we're there we'll get we'll get back to you with that yeah we'll get back it'll to be that. in the show notes. we do actually have uh soon hopefully a our brand new rollout our brand new site which will have a, a bunch of new written content from all three of us hopefully um so that's in the works yep. so stay tuned for that and uh boy i think that's it yeah i think uh, that's good yeah i've been good i've been leland steel i'm already and I'm Moby. Thank Thanks. you, listener. Thanks, listener. Bye-bye.